Streaming live from the DT Studios on Talk Radio 1. This is Daily Turismo Radio. Powered by EuropeanMotorWorks.com. Here's your hosts, Editor-in-Chief of Daily Turismo, Vince Barbary, Chris Florin and Ashley DeLuca. Hello, motorheads. Rev up your engines and get ready for another fabulous episode of the Daily Turismo Radio Show. Broadcasting live on TalkRadio1.com from our studio, studio in scenic Gardena, California, home of the world's largest boneless chicken ranch. We've got another ridiculously bodacious show for you today. We've have a hold guest on, joining hold us. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Vince. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Welcome back. Hey, yeah, it's been hey, how uh, was Colorado? Co- a couple of days. How- you know what? <laughs> um, never been to Colorado. I take that back. Uh-huh, I did go yeah, one right. time. Uh, no, I've been Seaflow, uh, and Ashley did a fantastic job um, a week ago or two weeks ago now. And um, unfortunately, well, I'll, I'll get that in a minute. Um, but right. we've got a fantastic show. Today Are you sure? Prepped up? Yes, lined up, banged up, ready to go. Uh, Wait, games. Yeah. Who's gonna say it's fantastic? I am. Okay, that's me, and maybe a listener or two. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that that Dan thinks it's fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Dan, listener Dan. Um, so let me introduce to you some of the other little pony enthusiasts in the studio with me today. Seaflow uh, and Ashley are both not here. Um, they had malfunctioning pogo sticks, so they couldn't make it to the studio. Um, but producer Ben's sitting on a Recaro racing seat over there. Yes. And um, what up? Yes. <laughs> but anyway, last week the guys did a fantastic show, and I really want to say that I should be gone every week because it was such a good show. So, um, But finally, joining us via Skype is Daily Turismo writer Matt. Uh, he's an Australian car lover, a, a car lover of all kinds, a technical guy, a smart guy. Um, but more importantly, he's calling us from the inside of a VL Holden Commodore. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Good to be here. I'm sitting in, in relative comfort in the VL. Yeah. Now, um, just so our listeners know, um, is it are you in a VL because you're homeless and this is your? <laughs> the the VL is as good of a home as any. But no, I, I actually actually have a place to sleep. That's that's not an Australian sedan. But you're you're hanging out now. This is a car for for people who who aren't maybe as up to cars as some of us. Um, this was never available in the United States as a new car. No, this this was a uh, to, to give you guys a bit of of Holden background here. The the VL was the final iteration of a uh, an Opel based Holden sedan that was made from the seventies to the late eighties, and uh, the VL was the final iteration that actually had an RB thirty uh, Skyline motor in it and a Nissan transmission and a and a, yeah a lot of a lot of Skyline goodies in it. And so uh, I imported this car about two years ago. I've actually owned two of them. The first one was stolen um, in Australia while I was over there using it as my daily transportation. But uh, yeah, now it's here. It's kind of a it's like sort of my daily driver, and it's a it's a good nice little piece of equipment. And so this car made it all the way from uh, the, the the penal colony to um, yes North Carolina, right? South Carolina. South Carolina. I'm sorry, Carolina. I got the wrong. Yeah, Carolinas yeah, the here. lesser of the Carolinas. I'm, I was born in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I just, so, I, I like, I, I like the fact that the the hockey team there, the, the Panthers, they tried to claim two states. It's not the Panthers, the by the way. It's the, the Hurricanes. hurricanes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What well, am I thinking of? But then? no, you're not off base with the Panthers because the Panthers tried to to monopolize 
you know, they're trying to essentially expand the territory to either Carolina just by being ambiguous, even though they're both based out of uh, out of North Carolina. Right. And it's it's almost as flagrant as the Patriots who claim an entire region. It's like six states there. Oh, we're New England. It's like, guys, call yourself it's the Boston just not Patriots. Fair. It's just not fair. And, right. I mean, if a hockey team is going to claim two Carolinas, they may as well claim the entire South because no one watches hockey here anyway. Wow, that's sorry. That's true. That's unfortunate because hockey is a fantastic sport. <laughs> but let's talk about those Holdens again. But the Hurricanes um, are no oh, good this yeah. year, right? The Hurricanes, the Hurricanes are terrible this year. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. They don't. They don't <laughs> so you're sitting in velour seats. Uh, you did you import this car, or did you buy it from someone who I imported? I did. Okay. I imported this car. So about two years ago, I went over to uh, to Melbourne for work, and um, I decided to take a little bit of vacation at the end of the work stint, and sit over there for like two weeks for work, and then stayed for another like three weeks after that with the, the sole uh, idea to try to get some cars over. So I, I had already reserved a container. My neighbor across the street works for MSC, the shipping company, and he, he got me a sweet deal on a container, and it was all reserved, ready to go. I just had to fill it full of stuff. So, um, Meaning I cars, right? Whenever to Melbourne. <laughs> What's that? Meaning cars, right? We're not in the human trafficking Meaning business. cars. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not like you know, not importing kangaroos and meat pies and things exactly. like that. Yeah, no, no smuggling, <laughs> just cars. <laughs> you can fit a lot of aborigines in a container. You really can. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It, the end, it, the, the uh, limitations were just just endless. Koalas and aborigines and everything. But yeah, uh, I um, I had several plans. So I had a. Uh, an EA Falcon, very similar to what was listed on the website actually earlier this week, um, that 1990. I had an 89 um, over in Australia that I bought years ago to do track days over there when I did a semester abroad in college. And I left the car over there, and I left it my, with my buddies, and they left it in a parking lot, and it got towed. So I, I still had the keys for it. I was going to go on a quest to find this car and try to bring it back. Well, that that didn't work. Um, and it was fairly obvious that wasn't going to work very early on. So I, uh, I bought a, uh, a blue, beautiful, like super Impreza blue VL Commodore, um, in a back alley from some very sketchy individuals, uh, <laughs> for way too little money. And I had the car for about three days and then it got stolen outside of my hotel room with all of my stuff in it, Probably. other than like a pair of pants and, it was probably by uh, the like same guys that you, shirt. It's probably from the same guys that you bought it from. It was very likely that that's what happened. Probably for the was, best though. I mean, you that, probably you that, probably didn't want to put that into a container. Still... <laughs> What's that? You probably wouldn't want to put that car into a container and try and import that to the United States. That might get you in some trouble. I yeah yeah I definitely think so. And so I I ended up getting uh, an Australian Dodge Charger uh, utility. Mm. Um, from Tasmania. A ute. I uh, love those things. That's an El Camino. A in, ute. It in, was a in ute. American, exactly. that's called an El Camino, we call that, here in America. Yeah, the the, the vehicular <laughs> equivalent of a mullet. <laughs> and uh, so I got this this, uh, this Valiant down in Tasmania, and a friend of mine and I went down there and picked up this car, and I drove it up through the center of Tasmania, um, through the World Heritage Forest and stuff, like all gravel roads, about five hours up to the uh, the ferry terminal at the at uh, Devonport, I believe it was, and then shipped it across the Bass Strait um, 
that was a week at Bathurst, so was the, the whole ferry was just filled with, uh, like, just total redneck Bathurst, Tasmanian Bathurst enthusiasts that are making the trip up there. So, yeah, that was a pretty entertaining trip on its own. But then, so that took care of one car. <laughs> and uh, I've got a, an Aussie Falcon over here as well, an 84 Ute. And I needed a whole mess of parts for it. So I stripped two or three cars while I was over there and I loaded all the parts into the bed of the, uh, of the, of the Valiant. And then like basically duct taped and bu- bubble wrapped them to the back of the car and an office space or an office max parking lot. And then, uh, found this, uh, this other VL that a, uh, a father had actually, um, confiscated from his, uh, from his kid for being, for very poor behavior, illegal behavior. Nice. And, uh, then yeah, packed up both the cars in the container and and got out of there and waited a, waited about six weeks and they showed up in South Carolina. And and so how many cars? Wait wait wait! I, I have a question. Since you're on velour seats, I just I have to know if you have a velvet Elvis in the house as well. <laughs> Dude, I wish. <laughs> if I had a velvet Elvis, would be out here in the car with. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just through the house, man. I'm not leaving it to them. <laughs> the cat might scratch it. Uh, so. <laughs> So I'd, I'd like to point out to, to people listening, uh, if you're not familiar with the, the history of, of Australia and its automotive industry, and, and Matt, I mean, you can talk to this as well, but um, you know the, the automobile isn't, isn't made in many places throughout the world, right? It's, there's about eight countries that reliably um, manufacture automobiles, the U.S., Canada, uh, Mexico, Germany, uh, France, England, um, Japan, Korea, China, modern, modern days China, and then... Uh, no, it's it's a, it's a handful when you consider there's there's hundreds of countries out there. Two handfuls, sure. Yeah. Um, and then Australia, and so Australia started in 1948. Holden was the first person to have or first company to sell cars in Australia. And they did it because Australia was so far from everybody else, right? You you would it was yeah. cost prohibitive to ship it all the way, and then their totally. industry flourished, right? And so um, I would say that the the my favorite era of Australian motor cars is during the 70s when. The fuel crisis hit in the United States, and our cars started to be terrible, ill-handling, underpowered pieces mm. of junk. And the Australian cars continued to make power. Uh, they did some really the big, big inline sixes and crazy stuff. Um, but then, mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, and I don't know, uh, the Australian automotive industry is going the way of the British automotive industry. It, it's just yeah. about gone. It's it's pretty sad, but you know, there's a lot of so back in the 40s and the 30s, and you know, the Australian auto industry existed prior to 48 in um, mainly the sense of uh, it being a coach builder, and they'd, they'd receive components and frames and stuff from the U.S., and then they'd build, they'd build bodies and sell them on, and certainly, yeah, they, they kind of had to to suit local conditions and the fact that it was just so far away. And then when things started to take off in the 40s and 50s, the the industry itself was successful um, by its own merit, for sure. Um, and then throughout the throughout the sixties and seventies, you know, the, it was still very successful. But at the same time, um, Australia had huge fleet car sales. Like I think fleet car sales were probably two thirds of all sales for uh, for Holden's and Fords and and Valiants, you know, into the seventies and eighties. And fleet cars meant you know, taxis, police cars, um, and also included that was like um, company cars for everyone. Everyone got a company car, and 
you know, whether you were just starting out as a, as a young engineer or sales guy or whatever, you gotta, you gotta hold it. And, um, and that's probably because you know, the country's so big, right? And you have to drive far dis- long distances. Is that? Oh yeah. 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 It's like, you know, you know, you're not walking anywhere other than <laughs> like, you know, Melbourne and Sydney riding the, riding the trams around and stuff. You're really relying on, on cars to get you around. And so when the, when that culture kind of changed in the, in the eighties, then, um, people weren't getting company cars anymore. The sales kind of fell off. Uh, and then also like people started kind of moving away from, from sedans and Australia was, you know, pretty protectionist. There were import tariffs on Japanese cars and, you know, Toyota and Mitsubishi and Nissan all set up local assembly plants. And therefore they had, you know, foreign competition against Australian sedans, which didn't help things. And then, you know, by the, by the 2000s, pretty much everyone else had, had pulled out of Australia other than Ford and Holden. And, uh, and, and then now we're, but they didn't really diversify past the, the sedan and never, well, too much. And, and now it's kind of, uh, the, the volumes of the, the Holdens and Fords being sold in the last few months of production were just, you know, hundreds of cars per month. It was, it was next to nothing. Yeah, and then Toyota's actually going to pull out of the market in 2017. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so it's, it's crazy. Right, and and so part of it is that these engineering companies have gone from, you know, oh, sorry, the um, I shouldn't call them engineering companies because Ford is really a, sort of a big marketing company, but uh, the uh, automotive companies have gone from the local market building cars to meet the needs of the local market to wanting global platforms that, try to save the last buck and you know you source it in the lowest cost place and you slap it together and you sell the same thing you minimize engineering costs you have the same you know safety standards the same everything across the across the board mm-hmm. and australia was a place that kind of was able to hold on to those differences for longer than maybe than it should have um but you know now they're going to get the same i hate to say junk but the same junk that we get here or you can get in europe um you know sort of mass produced um cars that aren't yeah <laughs> they don't have character yeah they don't have character and they're not able to to meet the requirements of what people are used to using cars for in australia i mean yeah. it's not uncommon if a family in say rural western queensland were to have a, a falcon wagon that they might take it to church and take it to town and on sunday and then on monday it might be back on the on the sugarcane plantation <laughs> their sugarcane farm just you know, being loaded up with cane and hauling trailers and sporting streams and raking its undercarriage across uh, gulches and things like that. And, I mean, uh, I don't think a Fusion <laughs> or, like, a uh, Chevy Cruze or Holden Cruise is really going to be able to handle that same kind of treatment. Uh, you know, the, the versatility of those cars is just incredible, and what they can put up with is just unreal. Yeah, and it's... Um... It's I'm I'm glad to hear that that you're getting some of them here to to be able to sort of preserve them because obviously if a if a Holden or a um an old Australian Ford makes it to the United States it's not going to ever end up in the crusher at least I hope not yeah unlike the cars there which I'm guessing a lot of these cars from the 80s and 90s when they get a little bit of rust or when the the engine you know the head gasket goes a lot of them are going into the crusher yeah for sure I mean plus there's just there's so many of them. I mean, the there are really a ton of these cars around. That's all recently, like the the VL Commodores were essentially worth their weight in scrap. And uh, I'm I'm pretty confident that 
you have the XE Falcon that I've got and the the, the VL that I have here probably <laughs> would have been destined for scrap at some point if they didn't come over here. Yeah, so so what's next on your automotive hit list? And did you just sell a car? Yeah, so I've <laughs> I've um been trying to simplify the fleet a little bit. So, so how gotten, so then let me let me back up then. How big is the fleet, Matt? How many cars do you have today? Uh it kinda that definition or that that number kind of depends on whether I'm trying to downplay or exaggerate. I, I, <laughs> I like I like it when I ask like, you a question that's like, simple, it, and if you have to think <laughs> about it, <laughs> that answers the question. Not so, not so simple. So, Car, like, how about cars um, that are run and drive, run and drive that you have registered for the street? So, right now, running and driving registered for the street, I have um, the '84 XE 351 Falcon U which is uh, just basically a car for the sole purpose of doing burnouts while leaving the Lowe's parking lot with, uh, with two by fours and stuff. It's very useful. Um, and then I've got a 71 Volkswagen fastback, uh, that is, uh, actually really nice, solid, honest, low mileage car. And, and probably the nicest car that I have at the moment. So logically wow. it needs to, to go to someone else. <laughs> You're <gonna> sell it, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's up for sale at the moment. Um, I had a Peugeot 405, which uh, you guys saw was on uh, on that website, obviously. But that that actually, some guy came up from Florida to buy that thing. Did he find it on um, Deli Turismo? Uh, he had not seen it on DT, okay. but um, he bought it when it was on eBay. Okay. And uh, paid nine hundred and ten dollars for it, and uh, I. <laughs> he texted me a few times about it not starting in the morning, and we've kind of worked together via text, and everything seems to be going okay. But uh, you know, this, he's, he's you know jump both feet into the Peugeot lifestyle for sure. Um, and then I've got a uh, right just to my right here is actually a a really ratty 1972 Volkswagen Beetle that uh, uh, me and a friend got for for seventy five dollars that we're actually planning to make a Baja bug out of. Um, nice. that car runs and drives, but it's uh, not registered at the moment. Um, I've got the VL here, uh, got a, uh, W202 Vince, which I believe you, you've had some W202 experience, right? The Mercedes B class. Uh, yeah. I've got a C220. So the absolute bottom of the barrel of W202s. Um, and then a, uh, 2002 Chevy Silverado 2500 HD that I traded a Nissan Sentra SER spec V4. Um, and a, see, I've got a 58 Vauxhall Victor Super, um, which is basically awaiting uh, some sort of tomfoolery that I haven't really decided upon yet. And then got a 64 Ford um, F250 that I've been been in the past couple of years restoring and that's my it's almost done and it's going back to my dad who bought it new in 64 and has been driving it every day or not every day but probably every week for the past 52 years continuously how many miles and, on uh, that guy what's that how many miles uh 137,000 that's all since 1964 that's Man. all your dad's got yeah. drive and uh he's, it's, it's mainly been just work duty and, and stuff like that. And it's, uh, that mileage is, is low, but for a truck, 
that's pretty much, I mean, it's got no overdrive in a 456 rear gear. And the old man just kind of just floats the valves as a natural speed limiter. <laughs> and uh, so it's essentially got like 130,000 miles on valve float. Oh, yeah. That's, and that's uh, and it's, it's, uh, it, it needed absolutely everything, man. It was unreal. Like all the, all the bearings were, all the bearings in the motor, the mains and the rods were down to, down to copper, three broken compression rings. Um, every, every valve was mushroomed to the point where you had to press it out with the guide. It was And it still ridiculous. ran though, of course, right? It still ran. Oh yeah. It still <laughs> ran like a champion. <laughs> that's why that's I always have to go back to him. I always so say, destroy it again. I always say don't pull apart an engine unless you're ready to replace everything because they run with the most catastrophic damage on the inside. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's it's incredible, and I think. I mean, do you think new motors have kind of lost the ability to be able to run under non-optimal conditions? Oh yeah, first and foremost, because the minute they start burning oil, it starts fouling cats and setting off check engine lights. Um, yeah. Well, an old car, you know, oil, I've always said oil's cheap. Engine rebuilds are expensive. If your car's burning oil, right. <laughs> you know what? Just add a quart of oil. Just let it run, man. That's cheap. <laughs> right. Now, and, and that's fuel. The oil works as fuel. So, you know, you get money out of it. So it's not even costing you much, you know. Um, yeah. But it, with a modern vehicle, you're fouling cats. You're probably doing other damage to who knows what kind of specialized component that's, um, whether it's a turbocharger or, you know, some kind of crazy valve doohickey oh variable yeah. time and it, it, yeah. it's like it used to be that you know burning oil was a fact of life and it was just how much consumption the car used um you know was was the was just a something you weighed in into your expenses when you're driving it and, and but now it's a car burns oil and you you just run the other direction i mean like the the toyota Toyota Corolla, like the one ZZFE motor or whatever it is, where they all burn oil. Yep. I mean, you just like you just completely avoid those cars. Yeah, my 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 wife's car actually it's a it's a Rav Four with the I forget the name of the engine now, but it's a 2008, and it um, with 115 20,000 miles on it. Um, they actually recalled and offered an engine rebuild for all of the Toyotas at this what? vintage. Yeah, and so they the they you came in for an oil. Um, consumption check and if it exceeded one and a quarter quarts per thousand miles they rebuilt the whole bottom end and that car was in the shop for two and a half months while they gave us a, a rental car and uh, you know a loaner car and um they rebuilt that engine it doesn't burn oil anymore but wow they had some it was, it was either a, a I, I i know enough to be dangerous it's either a ring issue or a liner issue um yeah that made think- it so it just burned through the, um, it just never, or yeah, it's probably a ring issue. The oil control ring. Yeah, I think with a lot of those cars, they tried to go with such a low drag ring for, uh, you know, increased, or decreasing their frictional losses that they, they just kind of don't really take into account that the, the rings lose their temper to some degree and let a good amount of oil pass. But I mean, you know, some of those motors, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I, whenever I see, for example, on a Craigslist ad or um, an eBay ad, where somebody's got a fairly new car with a with a rebuilt motor, yep. you kind of always just wonder whether that rebuilt motor is is any better than the factory built worn out motor. Yeah, it's um, especially with modern cars and all the things that can go wrong. And um, you know, I I personally 
don't like the additional traceability that like a thing like Carfax and, and salvage titles bring. <laughs> because to me, yeah. when you go buy a car, you shouldn't base it on the sort of this nebulous data where people can hide it. You should base it on the condition of that car. Yeah. And older cars could have been crashed just as many times as a car, you know, post-81 or whatever the year, 83, whenever they started with the Carfax allows it. Um, and the result is it drives car collection to be not an issue of the car's condition, but its miles and its, and its title status. Mm-hmm. So if you look mm-hmm. at modern cars, the collectible ones have, you know, 75 miles on them. You know, there's, there's Miatas that go for like eight grand. They've got, you know, 6,000 miles on them. Yeah. But you know what? The Miata that has 50,000 miles on it is probably a nicer car or, you know, it could be mm-hmm. equally as nice, but it's worth a third as much. So, you know, that's why the smart money is going on Craigslist and searching salvage in the search bar and see what you come up with. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. So what, uh, you gave us a list of your cars. There's a whole bunch of them there. Um, and what's your, what's your next, um, uh, what's your next purchase? You know, when the, when the fastback goes away, what are you going to replace it with? Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, now, now keep in mind, I'm... keep in mind your significant other might be listening. <laughs> yeah. so, if you don't want to tell us, you can just listening. Uh, I'll, I'll be getting a boat. <laughs> just just blink twice <laughs> if, if you're in danger. <laughs> we'll send a, we'll send a search party out. We'll, they'll tell them look for a holding <laughs> commodore and uh, some blood stains on velour seat. <laughs> it'll, it'll never come out. Um, the uh, so I'm I'm thinking about this weekend. I might be going to look at a. Uh, a 1971 mini, uh, Austin Mini 850, kind of, uh, it's about an hour and a half away, and uh, it actually seems like a pretty decent deal. Um, car's got no papers, no title, no bill of sale, oh, nothing. Sketchy. You'd, you'd, yeah, super sketchy. And, uh, you know, the value, ref- the, the cost reflects that. It's They're asking $3,000 for a running, driving, decent condition left-hand drive um, mini that I think presumably was imported by a serviceman back in like the 70s. Right, so, that sounds like a good deal. It does sound like a good deal. And so I'm, I'm trying to chase that car down. I might go look at it tomorrow. Um, and there's also a um, 19... Man, I can't remember the name, or I can't remember the, uh, the year, but I think it's a 58 or 59 um, BMW 501. Uh, four-door sedan with yeah, the uh, suicide doors in the back. Yeah. And um, there is a guy who has one in his yard in Savannah um, that might be worth looking at. Um, it's got no motor, no trans, but the body is pretty solid, pretty complete. Um, and uh, the it's got a whole bunch of cars listed, and all the prices are very negotiable. Nice. So that... You know, those those are, two are pretty appealing. Those are money. But, the five hundred ones are are that's big money if they're running and they're original and they're nice condition. Um, yeah, for sure. So, and I think this car could probably be had for like five. Nice. Well, and you know what you should do again. This is the this is the idiot in me is that you need to put a modern BMW drivetrain in that thing because they're cheap. Yeah. And you know, like a nice E thirty six or E forty six M three motor or um, maybe a V ten from the M fives. <laughs> just, just go total total overkill with it. You know what? Don't put an LS in it. Whatever you don't Chevy three fifty it with a carburetor. Just no. don't do that. Or you know, made it to an automatic transmission. Just don't do that. But 
I would fully recommend a, a modern BMW engine. Um, they probably had, no, the, so the 5.1s had V8s when they were new. They, they had did. An option yep. for that. Okay. Yep. So what about like um, the, uh, what is it, the F, uh, F65 E40, or uh, the um, E92 M3 motor? Yeah, that's individual throttles. And... That's a good one. That's a little bit complex. You know, I would go older. I'd go E thirty nine M five, the four hundred horse, um, the one that's mm. in the F sixty two. Yeah, you know what? A little bit less uh, computer control. A little bit easier to mm-hmm. just slap behind a six speed and you know the factory six speed and just it you know bolt right in, give it power, and it works. Because the modern ones, you know, I'm guessing you're gonna need to figure out how to. A bit much. You're right. You have to figure out how to fake the um, the key and all that, like locking stuff and you could probably hack the ECU but uh it's a lot of extra work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, another option that me and a buddy of mine had talked about uh was going with a with an M thirty big six like out of a an old E twenty three seven thirty five I. Yeah. Um and you know they had some marine manifolds that would accept a Holly four barrel. Or you know you can <laughs> You know, doing something like that that still makes it very usable, but makes it substantially more modern and uh, and and without a lot of uh, extraneous wires around that kind of detract from the nature of the car. Um, yeah, those and, are kind of options, but and the, you know that that might be just more of a project that I'm looking to get into at the moment. No, but that that sounds like a you know people tend to get their heads wrapped around this um, car collecting and driving classic cars where they just open their wallet and they start pulling money out of their 401k and they're spending these ridiculous amounts of money. Um, you don't need to do that. If you're smart, if you know what you're looking for, if you're willing to live with something weird, you can drive yeah. fantastic cars every day. These, these holdings you're driving cost less than a used Corolla and they're oh, cool yeah, cars. Totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, you can have a, a very, very enjoyable, nice classic for two to three grand and it just if you adjust what you're looking for to fit your budget you don't have to settle for a crappy car and uh, you know there's there's plenty of stuff running around out there uh old volkswagen valiant pickups you have to be willing to get the car towed every once in a while if it needs it um Mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to probably live without ac on a lot of these cars (laughs) Which, you know, your climate, my climate, it's t- totally fine. Maybe the middle of America, they might, you know, guys in Phoenix, you can't, you can't drive a car that AC. Yeah, it's, it's pretty tough here in Charleston because the humidity is so high. You really, man, yeah. it's, it's awful hot. But, you know, it's... But what, percent, just, what percent of your fleet has functioning AC? <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, it's not, nothing. <laughs> not a single yeah, one. The, the twenty, the, the Chevy pickup does, and uh, <laughs> Dana, my girlfriend's uh, W two hundred two has functioning functioning AC, but everything else just basically radiates heat from the transmission tunnel and essentially tries to cook me out of the car. So it's like, yeah, AC's nice here, but at the same time, I'm totally willing to live without it. And and That's if, something in, if you have it for in, a couple you know, of days out of the year. You're you're probably happy, right? You get it from you yeah. know in in the car that works. That's the thing that, that I always tell people about driving terrible cars and you know, or terrible strange cars is that I love it because when I get out and get into like a modern car, it feels really nice. Oh, it feels like you're just rocket sledded into the future. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, Matt, um, producer Ben's giving me funny looks over there. Um, we need to take a break. <laughs> we need to play a commercial, but um, we're, you're gonna stay in the line, and then when we get back, we're gonna talk more about Holden's Australian cars, and then we're gonna talk about what you're drinking because you know that's important as well. So hang All tight right. in your hang tight in your floor seats. Um, and listeners, we're going to take a break. I'm very comfortable right now. Yes, we're all comfortable. Uh, we'll be right back after we'll a word We'll be back from in our, about three minutes. Word from our sponsors. Right. You're listening to Daily Turismo Radio. Wallets and break out your credit card. Time for another Blue Glove Tool Review. This week's tool is a Craftsman 311-piece mechanics tool set. This should be a part of every man's garage. It's a starter set. It's what you start with. You know, you don't go out and buy a specialty tools, your ratcheting wrenches or your uh, RoboGlip. Um, you buy, you start off with a 311-piece mechanics tool set. You get that, and then you can move on to, to other tools. And this is a basic, it's all, it's got enough wrenches, it's got sockets, it's got three different sized, uh, quarter inch, half inch, and three eighths. And it is a good basic set. I like the Craftsman. It's inexpensive. It's $230 on Amazon.com. And you can get it from uh, Deli Turismo. If you head over to Deli Turismo and look up the Blue Gulf Tool Review, you'll go to our um, affiliate link and you can buy it and Deli Turismo, Deli Turismo will get a few bucks if you buy it. But uh, it's the basic set that you're going to start your gearhead garage and you start working on your own cars. And it's something that like producer Ben would never buy because he pays someone else to work on his cars because he's not a real man. But if you're a real man, you're going to buy this 311-piece mechanics tool set. And then we're going to go ahead and just go buy it. Don't worry about it. We're not going to tell your wife about it. Hello, Daily Turismo listeners. Now that the British country, otherwise known as the United Kingdom, has left the European Union, we would like to announce that European Motor Works, sponsor of Daily Turismo Radio, is no longer known as European Motor Works. They are now British Motor Works. And no longer will they be servicing Volkswagen engines. They will be working on Jaguar engines, Land Rover, Aston Martin, Mini. All these good British brands. If you need any hard parts or machining services, engineering as we call it, if you need a specialist to make you a bespoke assembly, pop round to European, I mean British Motor Works on Prairie Avenue in Hawthorne, California. Call it, ring him up at 1-800-722-8678, toll free. 
in the US. If you are in jolly old Britain, however, there might be a small charge. That's European Motorworks, or visit europeanmotorworks.com. And God save the Queen. And also tell him DT Radio sent you. Caswell from Build Race Party. You're listening to Daily Turismo Radio. Hey, we're back. Uh, that, that was that was that was Bill Caswell. I wonder if he's in jail in Mexico yet. You know, he's gonna end up in jail in Mexico at some point in time. That's a foregone conclusion. Um, huh? So, Matt, you can still hear us. Yep. Excellent. So, um, what are you what are you drinking over there? So I've got a uh, you know, Charleston's kind of blowing up in terms of local breweries around here, but um, right now I'm drinking a Freehouse Kiwi Patch, it's called, and it's a, it's a sour with uh, with Kiwi done in, a, in, a, in the latter part of the fermentation. They throw in Kiwis, Kiwis. and it's kind of a real Ooh. tart, nice sour. Uh, it's real easy drinking. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's great stuff. Freehouse is uh, really an experimental brewery around here, and they they do a lot of really cool stuff with uh, with sours and sours with different um, aging techniques and bourbon barrels and things like that. So it's pretty solid stuff. Nice, nice. Well, if I ever make it over to um, Charleston, I have to check out the local brewing scene. Uh, where I grew up in San Diego, um, the craft brewing scene just blew up there a number of years ago. Absolution. Yeah, and then um, mm-hmm. our, we're, friends we're right at, by, our, our friends at Absolution, right? Yeah, we can call, we right. can call them friends now. They are our friends. They were on the show. We had a show <laughs> yes. there. We had a live show yeah. there. Um, Absolution, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Torrance is a huge, um, big hub of microbrewing in the Los Angeles area now. And uh, Absolution, those guys, those guys do some do some good stuff. Yeah, no, we we've, we've got final Ab, or we've got uh, Absolution brewing here in in Charleston that we get uh, at, at some of the bars around here. So nice. I think they, they do a bit of nas- uh, national distribution. Yeah, wow. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's why he's always traveling. Yeah, that's why. Well, that's <laughs> why he, he built that brewery from, like, buying and selling over 100 Volkswagen vans, though. Yeah. The guy's seriously? Like, yeah, yeah, seriously? Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, seriously. We interviewed one of the principals <laughs> there. He's crazy. He's, like, the nicest guy. Um and uh, yeah, it was the, the the stories he told about these Volkswagens and growing up with cars. Listen to the show; it's two two yeah. episodes ago. And if, yeah, yeah, we're looking for a, a beer sponsor from Absolution too. That's if right. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be yeah. our beer so sponsor. So Steve, That's yeah, awful. if you're out there, we're you know, listen, yeah. Steve. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but actually, I'm not <laughs> drinking Absolution tonight. I'm drinking a little um, Lagavulin. It's a uh, single malt Scotch. It's quite it's quite tasty. It's a little bit too peaty for my particular tastes. Too too peaty. Too peaty. You know, it's it's like uh, yeah, it's like drinking just straight from a peat bog. It's um, but I do also have the Stromba Starka. It's this terrible. Ben sent it to me. Um, 
it's this, this terrible Lithuanian rot gut. It's, um, this is, I bought it. There's this weird grocery store down the street from my house that's the, like international. There's, there's some Lithuanian who's pretty pissed off at you for calling it rot gut. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? This is like the best thing ever so, in Lithuania. It, it's actually an authentic product of Lithuania, and it's called Strumbo Starka. I think Starka's the, the, the model, and Strumbo's the, the manufacturer. Uh, and it's a... Um, it's a distilled spirits of vodka, brandy, and wine with natural flavors and caramel color. And yes, it is disgusting as it sounds. Where did you find this? And- There's this wacky <laughs> Armenian grocery store down the street from my house, and I kid you not, okay? And it's one of those places where... So, L.A., there's a lot of Armenians, oddly enough. Um, and you were... It's, I don't even know if there's many in this neighborhood, but you go into the grocery store, there's a lot of like Russian, Lithuanian, Latvian, um, you know, Baltic state kind of stuff, and you wonder what's this about. And you you start talking to the people who are running the cashiers up at the front. And it's a big grocery store, and you you realize like these people are Armenian, and um, they're very nice, they're very friendly, they do a good job, and they stock. Do the- they say bro a lot? <laughs> yes, yes. <And> they <laughs> probably drive Audis or you know, BMWs. BMWs, BMWs yes, bro. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, they um, the place will never get robbed because you don't you don't mess with Armenians. They're they're. Not here. There, there is, there's actually, yeah. no, yeah. you don't mess with them. There, there, there are actually more Armenians in LA, specifically Glendale, than there actually is in Armenia. <laughs> and that's actually <laughs> no joke. <laughs> that's, bro, that's no joke, bro. That's, yeah. So, um, and there are more Adidas tracksuits there I as actually, well. <laughs> I actually went into a Vietnamese soup, a pho restaurant <laughs> the other day in Redondo Beach, and the two guys working it, we're Armenian. <laughs> I recognize that they're Armenian. <laughs> they're two just, guys. And I looked at them and I said, you guys are Armenian. Just culture. I know. And they're like, yeah, how'd you can tell? I'm like, like no, bro. Tell. No, bro. We're Vietnamese. You're like, you're not. You're not Vietnamese. <laughs> but, you know, hey, it was fantastic. Yeah. We had... Here you're like, you walk into a store run by someone from Virginia and you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> how exotic. Yeah, I actually, so last weekend, Kaibizi and, and his entire family came visited me from Neptune and we had sandwiches from this, this little... Uh, our uh, Armenian-run Vietnamese uh, <laughs> sandwich and soup shop. It was, it was really good. I, I comes. Uh, wow. Anyway. Um, now, where, where in, uh, where, where in Neptune is Kaibizi's family from? Well, they're actually from here. They're from the states. He was in the Bay Area for a while, um, but now mm. he's, um, he's moved over to the other side. He, he was on the other side of the pond, as they say, um, and uh, having a good time. Well, uh, but he came to visit. He was in town for the weekend. We were going to do a radio show. Um, I blame producer Ben. Not my fault. Um, it's not his fault. It wasn't his it's fault. My kid's fault. It was his <laughs> kid's fault. So you know, kids get sick. People get sick. Uh, in fact, Ashley's not here today because she's sick. She probably got it from your kids. Oh, yeah. Um, my who, kids who were got sick it this from week. your kids. My kids were sick this week. Yeah, but my kid got sick from your kid. So, uh, <laughs> is your kid actually sick? Well, the little Maybe. one was. The little one, that's know. right, yeah. Anyway, well, you know, it goes around. It's n- it's not a big deal. Yeah. I hope it's not a big deal. Your wife's going to kill me, though. Sticky, <laughs> sticky hands all over everything. Kids, yeah, seriously. Um, all right, so let's talk about cars instead of sickness and kids. Um, let's do a little game. It's called Best Car For. All right. I yeah. thought we were going to do from the website first. Uh, ben, is nothing good enough <laughs> for you? Nothing's good enough for you. I pick something, and it's always if I picked from the website, you'd be like, "What are we doing? Should, best car for?" I don't know. Do, I didn't get show notes today. 
What am I supposed yeah, to do? Sorry, I, my printer was was not printing. Uh, this whole you having a real job thing, Vince, is just not the good. The website. Hey, Deli Turismo is a real job. And actually, I want to I wanted to ask you, Matt, about that. Um, tell me or tell our listeners because uh, I know the story, but tell our listeners a little bit about your involvement with Deli Turismo. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been reading Deli Turismo for for years now, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, this is, very, this is why I'm sitting in a velour commodore at the moment. <laughs> I think is. Yeah, I, I actually have a drop for that, Matt. It's it's it's, it's a. <laughs> it's so fitting, and uh, yeah. So I've been reading for a long time, and the Call for Writers came out, and so you know, me and a bunch of guys at work, we've all been into the website for quite a while, and and I was kind of pushed. Yeah, they encouraged me to to uh, go out for writing for this, and and so I started being a contributing author for for a little while here, and written a, written a few features for the website. It's just been a whole lot of fun. And uh, just really like interacting with commentators and and uh, finding obscure junk and you know being tempted by it at the same time I'm writing it. So it's been a lot of fun. That's good. Well, I, you know, I I do you get the same nauseous feeling in your stomach every time you have to interact with Vince like I do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never even met Vince face to face, so I don't even I can't even. I can't um, even vouch for his level of disgustingness. <laughs> <laughs> this is um yes, so uh, I'm the if you come to the studio, I'm the handsome one. <laughs> and he has a face for radio, that's for sure. <laughs> that's why we're not doing a TV show and we've gone over this. This is why it's not Daily Trust on TV, it's Daily Trust for radio. I know. And it's you know it, it well, is what it is. But no matter no matter who's got a face for radio or whatever, you guys are in a studio, and I'm in an '80s sedan drinking beer. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but but you have the velour. We you know we're yeah, sit, we're sitting on like some reclaim. We're sitting on actually some chairs Vince found by a dumpster. <laughs> 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 they were out in the, the sun. The, they were getting bleached. The, all the stuff on them was getting killed. The bacteria's all gone. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So Matt and I want to say as as the editor of Daily Turismo, um, I, I love the stuff you write. I really appreciate um, your contributions, and all the people who read it have said nothing but nice stuffs about you. So um, you're uh, you got the magic touch, and you've got the right eye when it comes to weird, wacky, and interesting cars. Um, so uh, you're going somewhere well, with this. I don't know where, but I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> <with it. laughs> well, I, I appreciate that, but the, the one. One struggle I always have when writing for writing articles for GT is like, well, you know, I try. It's a paradox because I try to only write about cars that I'm actually interested in mm-hmm. and would actually be tempted by. At the same time, I'm like, well, should I really put this up, or maybe I should, you know, kind of maybe shoot a lowball over this guy right quick <laughs> and try to <laughs> try to get this valiant before it goes mainstream here, or you know, <laughs> but. but no, it's 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 super fun. I just I really enjoy writing articles, and I also enjoy just the commentary that comes from them. And uh, it's just kind of a fun little creative outlet. Good. Well, it's uh, I I can feel that you like the cars and that you know you want to buy them, and that and that makes a big difference to, between us and our some of our competitors, who people who it's clear they're trying to make money from the seller and they're trying to. These cars are expensive, but at the same time, they have uh, yeah. kickbacks for various methods, and they're not 
editorializing. They're not discussing the car. They're trying to sell you the car. And, yeah, um, and that's that's a big conflict of interest because, yep. you know, a lot of websites out there, I think, have lost a lot of credibility when they've tried to monetize their model. Yep. And, and you see that no longer can you be critical of the cars uh, that you're, you're posting. You're now beholden to the sellers to uh, not talk, talk junk about their cars and, and, you know, try to try to spin a rusty Fiat X one nine with a, with a blown head gasket in the most positive way possible. And uh, I, I'm thankful that with, with uh, DT, we're kind of able to just tell everyone what a bad idea it is <laughs> by that car and how much we condone that. <laughs> Yes, and and with that uh, sort of freedom means that the um, we're we're on the reader side, and I think that comes through when you read the website. That a lot of a lot of websites that talk about used cars, they're on the seller side. Um, we're on the reader side, and yeah. it shows. And it's um, uh, we try to have fun too. You know, it's um, yeah, and I I think it's it's fun to try to convince readers to get in situations that we ourselves don't want to be in. Right, like stuck on the side and, of the road with and, a broken down car. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like you know, you really need to move on this uh, on this this you know rat rod C three Corvette or you know or, or whatever else. You know, trying to trying to convince the readers that there is some merit in these horrible cars that we're bringing to them is is a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. So so speaking of the website, speaking of Daily Turismo, um, let's do from the website. Let's talk about our Cars of the week, um, favorite cars, uh, and so I'm uh, I'm going to start with the seller submission. We had a seller submission. Uh, it was actually last week, but I'm going to I'm going to cover it anyway, just because that's a, a perk of uh, seller submission. <laughs> okay, no. that's a seller a, a perk of submitting it uh, to Delhi Turismo <laughs> is that we will we will feature cars that sellers submit. Um, so it's a '91 uh, Jeep Grand Wagoneer. It's the nicest. Wagoneer, I have ever seen. That thing was seen. insane. Yeah. It was crazy. Yes. And so Chris E., the submitter, uh, is an interesting character, and you should, if you haven't seen it, go to dailytourism.com, check out that Wagoneer. Um, and I think it's, did the eBay, let me see if the eBay listing is over or not. I'm not sure if it was closed yet. Yeah. No, uh, no, sorry. It's it's gone now, but um, for a while, it, it'll probably go for, go for a lot, but um, it was just in, immaculate. Do you guys notice how many really, really nice Wagoneers there there are around. And, and well, I mean, still they managed to, to bring a massive uh, massive price tags on those things, but it seems like that's one car where they've, they've really been well cared for, and you can, you can find a nice one pretty easily, but you're going to pay dearly for it. So I have a theory about that, and I'm going to give you my Grand Wagoneer theory. Is that... Ooh, tell me. So... The Grand Wagoneer was the SUV choice for the rich, and not just the nouveau rich, the old rich, the old guard Old rich. money, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Up through what? They're made through 1991, and up through 1991, you didn't buy the Lexuses or, you know, or, or Mercedes SUVs because they didn't, they didn't exist, and you didn't buy a Suburban because it was a Chevy logo on it. You went and you yeah. bought a And you Jeep. didn't buy a LaForza because you were a normal person. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. you, didn't, you only had five fingers in each hand. But uh, <laughs> if you were a rich person, you bought the Jeep Grand Wagoneer. And you know what? That's funny is that um, you go to like a place like the Hamptons and you see them all over the place. And, mm-hmm. and it's because the old guard rich still consider them Dude, cool. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm going to call bullshit yeah. on that. When's the last time you've been to the Hamptons? I flew out there last <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> so that, just, was, that was the official car of Inside the Beltline in Raleigh where I grew up. All the old money there would still drive uh, wagoneers that were handed down like fine jewelry from generation to generation. Yep, and you'll and you'll see them up in Palos Verdes nearby. You'll you see them, and they're in nice shape, and they're driven by people who are wearing suits that cost more than your car, Ben. So, <laughs> and 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 it's it's like I don't let me put it this way: I don't need to go to the Hamptons to to tell you that they're there. Other other more than I have to go to prison to tell you it's a bad place to go. All right, so just trust me on this, Ben. <laughs> trust me, and trust me when I tell you what car your wife's gonna get. We're not we're not there yet, but um, Matt. Yeah, I don't think we have time for that this what, week, but yeah. What um what's your what's your car of the week? What's your favorite cars from Daily Turismo this week? I've got two. So I really for some some reason I don't totally understand within myself, uh I really love that four speed Granada. I know it was a two fifty straight six, but the fact that 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 there is a Granada with a four speed still kicking around is is pretty encouraging. You know what? Um, I almost picked that one too. So did, so did it's, I, but it's a pretty I, good one. I ran out of shirts with butterfly collars, so I couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I was just thinking about what a great engine swap. Uh, well, I mean, that car obviously would benefit from an engine swap. I think uh, you know, late seventies. I think it was late seventies, right? Like seventy nine or so. I, I can't exactly remember, but yeah, it's a, se- I mean, it's, a two, the- yeah, it's a it's a seventy eight, and it's on Craigslist in Ohio. So you know, it's yeah. probably rusted out. Probably so. You yeah. know, it didn't look no, bad. The rockers it- looked good. Oh, it was rusted out. I think that person drove that car only during the summertime. Took really nice care of it. Look at that vinyl top; still looks good. This car. Mm, that's a selling point. This car is a steal. I'm telling you. <laughs> and by the way, that's what, a, they asking, what were they asking for that thing? Forty-five hundred. Yeah, forty-five hundred. Forty-five hundred with a four. With a chili coat yeah. day, Ohio chili coat there. Well, chili, chili coffee. It's chili coffee. Sorry, I so according to my Ohio and friends, <laughs> but <laughs> chili coffee is far enough south in Ohio where you escape. I mean, it, we're not talking Toledo levels of rust here. We're talking, you know, sort of like. Louisville, Kentucky, Richmond, Virginia levels of rust. Like, not really all that bad. Right, and that's, so, a, uni- that's a unibody car that's based on the old Falcon chassis. And, you know, they use mm-hmm. real metal in those, and it's not like a Japanese car from the 70s where it's just going to rust out the first you know hint of salt. That I, bet you that, I bet you that car's not too bad in the bottom. I bet it's pretty solid. And, I mean, the 250, I would be pretty tempted... I mean, let's be honest, the value of that car is in the pedal assembly. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, putting a putting a putting a three oh two in that thing with a four speed behind it, um, would would be a lot of fun. Or like I mean, if if we are to properly commemorate the Australian Falcon, which just ended production this week or last week, I can't remember, then a suitable alternative which used the bell housing the same bell housing pattern and motor mount locations and bore spacing and everything is the 250 straight six is the Barra uh, Australian Hold, or Australian Ford straight six. So throw in a throw in a twin cam turbo straight six with a four speed behind it and a little bit of wiring work and you, you know what? Off you go. I'm gonna one up you on that. And so I worked with a guy um, 
at a at a place that made turbochargers, and he was um, a Ford Falcon guy. He, you know, the the American Ooh, Ford Falcons. Really? Okay. And what cool. he would do is he would take the Ford Falcons inline six Ford Falcons, and he would get an Australian head that would bolt on with some modifications, an overhead cam, a dual overhead cam head that would bolt on to his Falcons in some fashion, or maybe it wasn't overhead cam. No, it could have been overhead cam to bolt onto a Falcon. But he'd get some. No, no, it would. Uh, okay. They would. Even the twin cam had the bolt on. Okay, so so they'll get a head that would bolt on, and um, he would. Uh, it was now a cross flow, right? Is that? Is that yes, yeah. They, yeah. Because the original they had original cross six flows, wasn't cross flow. And then they went overhead cam, and then they went twin cam. Yeah. So so he'd get rid of that non cross flow. I mean, the, 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 it's really hard to make power with those with those intake manifolds that are cast into the head on the yeah on an, on the head of fold. Oh yeah, it's the worst thing ever. And um, so he would he would swap that all out, and he would make a good 300 horsepower with those big, you know, the big inline sixes with some boring stroking and and proper. Um, ben, you're about to get hit. Give me that stable gun, Ben. You're getting it. You're getting it. That was uh. That was that was three shots from the stable gun at producer Ben. By the way. Did I get you? <laughs> no, actually, you missed. But what was your car? Okay. The, I know your car of the week. You know my car of the week? Yeah, your car of the week is the 95. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Matt has a second one, so we got to go to Matt's second car of the week. But I wanted to make that oh. your car of the week because you're a douchebag, and that's a very douchey car. <laughs> you got another staple gun shot. <laughs> Don't ever give me the steel. <laughs> I told you it hurts. Let's, well, let's, let's come back to my number two once, yeah, we, once we've seen what your douchebag choice is. Uh, so I'll give, you my, I'll give you my number one choice. So... um. It's the 2015 Bauer Catfish. Because who doesn't like catfishing, right? Um, yeah. It is the strangest thing that I'd never heard of uh, before. It's I, ugly, too. Kind of. Kind of ugly, but it's ugly in a cool way. <laughs> it's ugly. <laughs> All of a sudden, you've gone hipster? <laughs> well, <laughs> sure. but It's it, not, not quite steampunk, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you'd have to have some more like, <laughs> like some kind of big black iron pipe you know, furniture things on it or something to be steampunk. But <laughs> I, I, it looks kind of Aston Martin-y in the front. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't look Aston Martin No, Martin-y. it's got the headlights from like a, a DB9 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but and that's about it. Kind of a squared off kind of look in the front. And, and then it's just, you look at it and, and you have no idea what it is. No idea, right? Thank God. But the panel gap is good. See, here's the, here's the thing, Ben. Here's the thing you don't see in this. So when you look at this, you say, um, normally when you build a kit car, there's a few things that stays, okay? That never get you never get rid of a windshield, doors, yeah. and um, you're not gonna make new. That's yeah. about it, exactly. Yeah. Right, windshield and doors. Yeah. They're always yeah. there. This thing, it's got its own windshield and doors, so you have no idea where the starting car was when you're in the outside of that car. No idea, um, and it's it's a it's a Miata. It's it's um, so it's gonna handle well, and it looks so <laughs> much cooler than a Miata, right? Come on. You do you still have to wear a shiny shirt when you drive it? You or be to, a chick. You still have to ha- <laughs> hold hands with your friends <laughs> while you drive it. With your life partner? Sure. <laughs> That's what you're into. Uh, Not that you, there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but the guy's got a nice he's got a nice Baja Mustang in the back. You see that Mustang in the back? Yeah, shot? actually I did, yeah. yeah. This awesome like 68 maybe, 68 yep. or 69 Mustang that's got some huge rock crusher front end. But anyway, this catfish thing, I love it. It's a little expensive, 20 large, but... Twenty large for that, and it's ugly, dude. I, I you turbocharge. Know, if, if turbocharge. You spend, if you spend twenty large on that thing, I would kick you in the balls on oh, principle, super, dude. Okay, supercharged. Still, I'd still intercooled. No, if you spent twenty grand on that, I'd kick you in the balls. 
principle alone. That's, that's a lot. So if you, I mean, there's a, what can you do with 20 grand in a Miata? I mean, the possibilities are, are pretty endless. I mean, there's a lot of like low cost kits out there and there's, but it, no, still, it still looks like a Miata. And and the biggest problem now is they made too many of them. They they, they become sort of a joke about, oh, hairdresser's car and yada yada. Uh, this, you get completely away from that with this car. I mean, it is, looks a little outlandish. I'll give you that. And the stripes, the red stripes in the hood have to go. They're pretty they're pretty heinous. And the five mm-hmm. on the side is just like, what's going on there? Uh, and the wheels, okay, they're a little ugly. But otherwise, um, even the roll cage and the, the roadster, you know, without a top on it, other side of the roll hoops, well, awesome. I, totally awesome. I drive like, every day. I, I, really, I like the car. I like the car. And I, <laughs> but I thought the write-up um, did a – the write-up proposed, I think, a pretty good question, and that's, you know, the the VW Pan used to be the go-to for kit cars, and perhaps the Miata could be – you know, could foster a resurgence of that same industry and that same enthusiasm for bolting wacky shit on, a, on a, an ordinary platform. So, like, what kind of – what kind of kit car ideas could we come up with for a Miata to, uh, to to make something pretty incredible out of something pretty ordinary? Yeah, and right now Ashley's probably freaking out, like saying like a million things listening to the show. Like you could do this with a Miata, you could do that with a Miata. Yeah, she's sitting at home with a hundred three yeah. fever, and she's like <laughs> having like delusions and tremors, yeah. listening, seizures, listening to the show. I'm sure we're gonna ruin these Miatas. <laughs> They're too slow and ugly and little. We gotta make them better. You know, if, we, if you put like '57 Chevy bodywork around that Miata. Now oh, we're talking. I'd be, be uh, game for that. I'd uh, be game for a uh, a Lotus Salon replica body dropped on top of it. Um, yes. A, a, a convertible, a small convertible pickup truck. Did perhaps. you did you see that thing that I called? Um, it was like a Fiat Spider front end, like an old school Fiat Spider front end stuck on a Miata. It was really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you probably you probably like that too, that. didn't you? This was probably a, two years ago or so. Yeah. Oh, right. so Matt, what's your second car? Oh, second car was the uh, um, the what was it? the ninety Falcon, the Peter Brock Falcon that uh, that Michael, our Australian friend, posted because that that brought back uh, a lot of memories from from that particular car that I had. I didn't have a Peter Brock version, but um, you know everybody hates the EA Falcon in Australia. It's considered like the worst Falcon of all time and a drastic departure from uh, from from the, the ex-Falcons of the past. And so I, I like seeing the, the EA up there as a, as a good representation. That That's a that's a cool car. I'll, I'll, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd rock that. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. You have to import it here. You have to get over here. But it's um, just such a such an oddball. And everywhere and, you go, people would be like, what the heck are you driving? Oh yeah, and the the pictures weren't very good of that that particular in, in that listing. Yeah, but if you look up like the EA, EB, and ED Falcons, like there, it's a really clean looking car, and um, yeah, it's just a it's just a really nice looking car. Overhead cam, four liter straight six or three point nine liter straight six, depending, and um, made good power. T five five speed, rear wheel drive. Um, you know, made about. 220 horsepower, like, you know, weight under 3,000 pounds. Like, the formula on paper is really good. They drive a little sloppy, but um, it's just, you know, ass-out fun in a really, really cheap car. And you can still buy an EA over there um, with a a five-speed and a four-liter 
or a five-speed and a three-nine liter for somewhere around fifteen hundred bucks and get a really decent car. Yeah, so nice. both your cars together are cheaper than Vince's lame-ass car. <laughs> I just thought I'd point that out. Gun. I mean, I, I get the staple gun. Forty-five hundred dollars for Granada. Put the lotion on my skin. <laughs> you're gonna get the bows again. I still wouldn't offer over fifteen hundred dollars for that car. No, uh, that's yeah. And the price aside, it's still you know. Anyway, uh, my ne- my second car, Ben. You want a car? You want it? Right, I, I, I want. I want. I want the eighty Ford Pinto, dude. Oh, that dude, was that thing was ridiculous. Eleven second Pinto or nine second Pinto, whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. It's a monster. Exactly. Mostly because I just want to run it backwards into something and blow it up. That's all. <laughs> That's like the, the it's Pinto that's most likely to kill you from a front-end initiated collision. Well, it's got a fuel cell. It won't blow ah. up, right? That thing is... is oh, yeah. Um, the, the thing I really liked about it is it's got an old-school dragster stance, which you don't see. Like, it's got a 60s dragster stance in an 80s car. It's a weird combination. Did you guys call that... In, in California, did you guys call that a California rig? No, <laughs> I've heard that before. Because everybody on the East Coast always called it a California rake, but no one even no. <laughs> here's been to California. That sounds very state. <laughs> any... That's a status comment. Yes. <laughs> Are you offended? Then? I'm, I'm going to go to my safe space. No, no, no. I'd never heard of California. I know what a California burrito is. <laughs> well, I don't know what that is. Yeah, me neither. It's, you take you know you go to a Mexican restaurant. I know what a, I know what a California roll is, but a California roll California is. burritos. You go to a Mexican restaurant. I don't even know what that is. Because <laughs> California here. burrito. You come Mexican restaurant. You get carne asada, French fries, and sour cream in a burrito. Dude, that California is that's burrito. like a San Diego it's burrito, fantastic. dude. That's not a California burrito. That's getting a staple. Got in the staple. That was a staple. <laughs> no, you didn't get me. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take that staple. You guys, shot the, do you guys have the term uh, Carolina squat? Over there, and that's like that's not something you do like drunk on the way from the bar or anything. Like it's, it's uh like there's this horrible trend lately where people take like a, a fifteen hundred or twenty five hundred Chevrolet and they will lift only the front of the truck, and then the rear they might even do a slight drop on it, and then uh. They'll actually stretch tires, like stretch a two two fifty five over a twelve inch wide tire, or over a twelve inch wide rim, and then have this like stretch tire, uh, horrible and that, reverse squatted look on a on a on a pickup. So that is now I can blame that on Carolina. That's you can. I always assume that was like South a, Carolina, please, not North Carolina. <laughs> I assume that that was something that would happen in like a. You know, inland, in, I mean, Riverside, California. Yeah, or exactly. Hemet. Yeah. Like, that's something that grew out of like the inland, the, the dude, worst. Come on, part. dude. Hemet's already, you know, they've had it enough, dude. Let's just go with Riverside, Riverside. you know? Sure, yeah. sure. But to call it the, California, <laughs> the Carolina squat. The gonna, Carol- it's the Carolina it's squat. Complete you know with like what? a salt life sticker and a Florida <laughs> Georgia Line CD in the. This is, you know what? This is a new um, uh, a DT article here where we have to ask people, like on a Thursday twister, is give us all of the. Car, the the customized names for car modifications. Yeah, the customized state. nicknames with a state though, with a state yeah. in them, or just in general. Yeah. If there's a good customized nickname, like, you know what like, I mean. Do you know? Do you know what a California roll is in terms of cars? So California roll is a no. sushi thing, but yeah, California sushi thing. California rolls when you roll through a stop sign without stopping, because nobody stops at wow. stop signs in California. Yeah, well, it's That's not a called California a California roll. roll. It's called a California stop. I've heard it called a California roll because you just roll. Through. No, no, it's you a guys California have the Jersey stop. roll. No, is that. That, I'm guessing that no, the Jersey roll and... is where you pass somebody from a turn lane. 
Nice. <laughs> That's something that people so do in, in New the, Jersey. You get in the turn lane, and when the light turns green, you nail it, and then you merge into the straight lane. <laughs> I like that. That's a Jer- you Jersey roll somebody. This is okay. This, I, 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 call, this I, I call that Tuesday late for work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You, sir, are from Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> At least not Florida. Florida's got the worst drivers ever. Florida's the worst. No, don't. Yeah. I'm yeah. three hours from there. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Someone will cut you off from in Florida and then flip you off like you did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's. Uh, I like to put if I'm going to do something illegal in my car, I'll actually get some Florida plates and just stick them on it. And, you know, do some big burnouts in front of a security <laughs> yeah. camera at LAX or something, and then just take off, take the plates off, back to California. <laughs> this is, you would this not is, be I, wrong. I yeah, they'll just, just think it's normal. It's like oh, it's right, Florida. No, Never mind. Florida, yeah, I just I'll, I'll video it and then put it on the internet. Look at Florida again. Look at those palm trees. You know, they don't know it's Beverly Hills <laughs> Drive. In a very uh, micro-regional sort of stereotype here, in Charleston, you can get a, a truck tag on anything. So on, on my W202, I've got a, a property-carrying commercial truck tag on it. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's over 33,000 pounds or if it's you know under 2,000 pounds. You can get a truck tag just by saying you need to move stuff around for, for because reasons. And uh, so it's kind of known within the Charleston area that if you have a truck bag, uh, truck tag, you're a douchebag. And you can pretty much do whatever you want. Like, you can park in loading zones, you can park outside of fire hydrants, oh, and it just, yeah. it, it essentially keeps you from getting a ticket by doing whatever, like, jackass maneuver you, you, you plan on. You just, you're completely absolved of guilt by having you're a like, truck tag. You're like one part cop, one part FedEx driver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like a cop who doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah, sure. The LAPD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not Gardena PD. I was. We we know Gardena PD. They're they're cool. Yeah, they're actually very cool. They don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Never been to Gardena. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it today, Vince? What was Gardena today? Yeah. Uh, home of the world's largest boneless chicken wing ranch. A boneless oh, chicken right. ranch. Yeah. Yeah, it's Gardena. That's northern. A, that's northern Gardena, though. Like that's a, above one thirty. Gardena is the the Spanish name for fish stick. <laughs> little, little known fact. It's fish stick in Spanish. That sounds delicious. Yes. You I, know, <laughs> I will come there. Uh, all right, so that that's car of the week. I think we've we've exhausted our cars of the week. Um, Did you have another car, though, Vince? The one you'd buy? Yeah, you know what the one I buy is. Oh, right, let's move on. It's a three. No, let's move it's on. It's a three on Delta. Let's, let's move on. This car's been on Delta no, three move on. times. <laughs> What's the, what's the next one? Austin Healy what are we Sprite. Doing? What are we doing? Three. I was going to shoot him with a staple. I'm going anyway. to get stapled over there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm right in the side. Oh, that's it. He's coming after me. Oh, I'm leaving my mic on. This is, this is, I'm ready for this. If the police hear this. going to get stapled in the appendix. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Get up. Get back in your chair. He's taking his shoe off. This is, okay, peace. Peace. You win. Take the staple gun. Don't shoot me. Okay, we're down here. Sorry. He took his shoe off. It's... Some kind of um, he was going to use what's known as Mexican judo on me. I was very concerned for my safety. <laughs> Mexican judo. Yeah. It's, Does he have a gun? No, it's judo. You don't know what I what got? I'm do yeah. Judo. Judo. Don't know what I'm going to do. Anyway, it's it's a long story. Um. All right. So um, that was car of the week. That was good times. Um, we have we have time for a best car for before we close the show here, Ben. Oh, uh, we could do. It's up to you. We could do one thing. Yeah, we could do a be, We do one round of a best car. For no, us. you know what? I want to do defend your car with the cars that we drove here today. The three of us. Let's do it. Come on, Ben. 
You know that. So, really? so do you? Um, I didn't prep a defend Matt, your car. Doesn't matter, Matt. Do you know the game defend uh, your car? Um, give me give me a quick primer. Okay, so hold on, hold on a second. Wait, Matt. Do you listen to the show? I, I've listened to probably like ten or fifteen episodes on on road trips wow. here and there. That's actually impressive. Okay, it's a good show. Come on, let's not get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the production quality is horrible, but the stars are really good and the guests are interesting. The only thing that's decent <laughs> is the production quality. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so All right, here we go. He's going to play the drop, and then I'll give you the, the quick things and the rules. Three hosts enter, one host leaves. In a world not far away, man can only survive by proving he has the knowledge of the car. Three hosts will enter. Only one will leave. For the is, it, is that, that yeah, that's it? Yeah, okay. we cut it short. All right. So, um, the idea behind uh, the defend your car is you're gonna explain why your car is best at certain activities, and I've got a pile of them, so I'm just gonna pick from random from my activities. You have them? You have yeah. the activities? I no, I got some activities here. I do the activities. You do the activities? I got some more. To put I do. Hey, 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 don't steal my. I got. Do it. Do it. This is my news, man. This is my news. You're worse than Seaflow. It's like I got Seaflow here. I don't. He doesn't need to come here, and I get like attitude from a bunch of people. It's time for Seaflow's news. For Seaflow's news. It's not my news. It's not your game. We'll add these to your list. These are three to add to your list, okay? Because there's a there's a good one in there. The middle one is really good. It's good. It's good because it it completely throws the game. The idea is that you have to def- explain why your car. No, not not that one. Next one down. Yeah, get rid of that one. Okay. Um, the idea is that you have to defend your car for a particular activity, like say it's some kind of motor race or a car show, and you have to explain why it's better than everyone else's car. So but we need to decide. Def- All right, Vince, what'd you drive? Oh, this oh, is why you want to pick what you drove today, cars. right? So <laughs> I drove a 1969 Ford Mustang Fastback. Fastback that has been um, thoroughly modified and resto modded by me. <laughs> it's got a built much to the chagrin of your wife. No, no, she loves that car. She won't let me sell. I tried to sell. I told her I'm going to sell it. And she's like, no, no, don't, don't sell that one. Um, it's got a built 302, 300-ish, you know, plus horsepower. It's, uh, you know, headers. It's noisier than anything. Five-speed manual transmission. Rack and pinion I put in myself. Um, now, you have multiple kids. Is there any one kid that you love less than your Mustang? <laughs> yes. All okay. three of them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I didn't. Did I, did I Did I think long enough on that? <laughs> <laughs> Should I have said maybe I got to think about this? No. Um, Your kids listen to this. <laughs> I well, you know what? They need to know where that where their place yeah. is in life. I don't. I love yeah. them saying more than my wife. Come on, geez. This, yeah, this, you make daddy proud. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, I'd like to point out I've owned the Mustang longer than the kids have been around, or before I married my wife. So come on, it's it's all about. It's, oh yeah, um, no, it's a family member. What is it? Seniority issue? It's grin- grandfathered <laughs> in. So anyway, that's my car, '69 Mustang Fastback. Okay, Matt. What did you? Well, what are you sitting in again, Matt? Well, I I guess I'll just say what I'm kind of living in at the yep. moment. It's uh, <laughs> 19, uh, 1988 um, Holden Commodore SL, mm-hmm. uh, three liter straight six, um, five speed manual transmission, right hand drive, uh, blue velour interior, white exterior. Um, wow. But it's a police interceptor package. Um, I have. Uh, Taken great care in uh, in putting a mini spool in it, so in essentially it's it's sideways when whenever you ask it to do so, or immensely annoying in parking structures, and you're basically chirping the tires all over everywhere. It's also uh, 
kind of, as the Aussies would say, on its guts and is uh, fairly well slammed to the ground, um, lowered about three inches all the way around nice. from the original ride height. You, you uh, know, we've, you're, been, we've been on the air for an hour and 15 minutes, and I'm just impressed that no one's called the cops because there's a dude sitting in his car drinking beer. In the driveway, <laughs> right. like I, they're like, I, what is this dude I, doing? There are just such worse things happening in my neighborhood right now that <laughs> the last thing he's, they're concerned about is some dude sitting in his car drinking beer. He's sitting. I guarantee you, on fr- a Friday at eleven fifteen <laughs> in North Central Charleston, they are not worried about me. The call goes like this: He's on velour seats. I'm pretty sure he's not wearing pants, <laughs> <laughs> and he's on the phone. <laughs> What's this I'm guy naked doing? Naked from the waist down, <laughs> drinking picante in the Commodore on the street. <laughs> So you're going to lose, <laughs> by the way, if the challenge is using your car to drive through, you're done. I mean, it's done. Oh, right? dude. It's, oh, it's game it. over. No, no, no. I'm, it's game I, over. I actually, I stop 10 feet short of the Taco Bell ordering window, and I just get out, <laughs> and I go tell them what they what I want. And then, well, by or, the way, or I, I, like, I, the first time I did it, I tried backing through, <laughs> and then, like, looking over, you say, like, in a, in a left-hand drive car, you're used to kind of rotating over your right shoulder. Right. And when you rotate over your right shoulder in a right-hand drive car, you're running into the B-pillar with your forehead. And uh, it, so I was just like, okay, no, it's clearly I just need to get out of the car in order. And then, you know, do the same thing at the pay window. you got to get out again and pay the lady. Um, so yeah, I don't think I'm making an effective argument for this particular game. But well, I think just... just- Matt, just bring a, bring a passenger so, with you, you know, dude. The, Next time you go through a drive, you just have a passenger. Well, but wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Nobody's going to ride in this thing. Rule number, <laughs> That's true. Rule number 42 of, I, I would of have you let me took off, take off my pants and just ride on that velour. <laughs> rule, rule, rule number, you never wear pants. Well, you're not taking them off, okay? You're just going to get in this car. Rule number like 17 of life is you never, never you, you ride, ride in a car velour. with velour seats. 30 minutes after eating Taco Bell, okay? I mean, like, to put that out yeah. right now. Like, you're going to talk about floor seats. There's an issue, okay? Don't do that. Um, <laughs> unless it's covered with some kind of, like, plastic. So no, ben, well, I mean, the VL, the VL Commodore is more well-suited to, like, kebab shops and Adidas track suits than it is to Taco nice, Bell and, and nice. pantsless loitering. So, so, Ben, what's your car? Because you're, you're doing this because we need three of us. All right, who's going to be the judge then? It'll be uh, sort of death by community. Right, no, nah, we'll do Australian I'll, style. I'll be the judge. No, no, it'll be, Aust- it'll be like Mad Max. You, no, Come on. I drove a, Fer- I drove, I, I drove a Ferrari here, Vince. Is that really fair? You didn't drive a Ferrari here. <laughs> you, you, you know what? You can have you can have your buddy's uh, Vanden Plus uh, Jaguar because that was in your driveway last. That's true. Take that. Actually, no, no, oh. I, awesome. I, I, I can't do. No, you no. don't understand this car. That this car, awesome. dude. He got this car from. It was the ultimate vibe. Dude, someone at church. He got it with you saw the car, Vince. What year was it? Would you say nineties? Ninety something. AJ series it had twenty five hundred miles on it. What? Twenty five hundred miles on it. It was in this lady's garage forever. It's so pristine. He, <laughs> my wife's car was in the shop the other day, and he took me to work because my wife had my car, and he literally he put a, a towel down on the floor. <laughs> Told me I had to get into the car, like lifting my feet completely up. Couldn't like knock anything. Right, you didn't go to the Taco Bell no, drive through. No, no, no. My my, my lunch. <laughs> the, the, I bring my lunch to work. My lunch. He put in the trunk. <laughs> he wouldn't even let me bring it in the car. Surprised you didn't put like to uh, drag it behind the car. No. Wow. I, I had what a co- year was it? What year is events? Like a ninety. It's the nineties. Yeah, it's a nineties. Um, it's the. What I think it's the AJ generation. Oh no, it might be even before that. It's the. It's the the built in Britain by British people Jaguar. Um, 
big uh, XJ. The so like 98, 99, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, what are they called? The X300. Is that right? I'm, I'm trying to look up. I'm trying to remember my something. My Jaguar. Plus or... But it's a Vanden Plus, so it's yeah, got Vanden Plus. The big square yeah, headlights. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Sorry, XJ. 40 is what it is. So it's it's up through 94. That's what it is. So it, it isn't when they got the the later ones had four headlights and then a bunch of like yeah. indents in the hood, like um like more like a Mercedes. No, this is the better looking Jaguar from the you know 86 through 94. Gorgeous yeah. car, long wheelbase, big 3.8 liter inline six. Yeah, and it's it, a, it is pristine inside. He won't even let anyone ride in the back seat. I told him I wanted to ride in the back seat because it's such a you know. It's the long wheelbase jack. Because yeah, that's what you do. Exactly, yeah. and he wouldn't let me. Right. And he wouldn't even let me get some great poop on or nothing, dude. I was pissed. Jeez. Right. Well, I mean, what? he probably has like ladies in the night in the back seat. So, <laughs> right, they just ride with him. Dude, and with that leather, I'd be fine. I'd be cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't want to do anything. Just ride around. <laughs> I just want to drive around and pretend I'm rich. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take. Never goes back there. Yeah, I'll take my Ram, Vince. I'll take my fifteen hundred. Okay. That's, all right. All right. You're gonna lose. Am I? Well, you're, you're the judge. <laughs> you're still gonna quick, lose. Man. You're gonna lose. He's gonna so, pick so, one so the first one is survival of the apocalypse, Vince. Ooh. Uh, so who's going first? You go ahead and go first in your you little. Go, no, no, I want. No, 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 no. You go first. Shut up and do what you're told. Right. Go first. So here's why the 1969 Mustang is gonna survive you, you, the apocalypse. No, you're not gonna win. Is because when your Dodge disintegrates <laughs> and falls apart and you can't fix it because it's got electronic fuel injection, all kinds of other things, you don't have the tools to fix it. You're gonna be stranded on the road. And a guy in a carbureted 60s Ford nah, dude. that you can fix with the most simple tools is going to drive right by. No, because right some zombie is going to pull you out of that low car and just low? eat you. Low? It's not that low. It's all steel. You're going to hit no, a zombie. The first dude, zombie no. you hit, your airbag goes off. It <laughs> blows the, the explosive device on your battery cable. You're done. The car is done. You're you done. You guys are zombie food. screwed because zombies know that most everyone drives on the left side of the car. And that's the first place they're going to, you know jump through the windshield and try to kill you. I think, you know, I'm on the unexpected whoa, whoa, side of the whoa, car. You know what what happens? A, a much better chance here. What if it happens if you bumped into, like, Tony Blair's zombie? <laughs> right? The Queen of England? <laughs> right? You're going to be driving along, and all of a sudden, they're going to be eating your brain. And you're going to wonder, how this happen? I will, I will gladly, if, if, if that's what's meant to happen, and that truly, that, that, that chance, that, ha- <laughs> that happens, they all accept it. All they, no, they, no, yeah, they, they already have no, nasty teeth. Matt, Matt's getting nasty teeth. He's getting eaten by a British zombie. That's yeah. That's, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. right. Or I wait, wait, wait. What about, no, what about an Australian? <laughs> what about an Australian zombie? Okay, because they'd be hardcore, right? They're gonna walk yeah. thousands of miles to get to you. They're not gonna stop yeah. at you know the first uh, obstacle they encounter. Oh, yeah. It, I'll just get eaten by some white trash Australian zombie. <laughs> oh, fuck my. Oh, VL. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so I win that one, by the way. You do not win that one. I win that one. I win that one. Car that's with, no, with a truck that I've taken all my supplies in and we're going. I'm being Unabomber in the mountains. I win. You lose, Vince. Sorry. Hate you, Ben. The next one is ice racing. Ooh, ice racing. Matt, you can go first in this one. Okay, well. Clearly, the VL is the car to have here because it has a welded diff. Gonna, I was going to say, so you like doing donuts. You like spinning yeah, out. Yeah, just I, I, I either I don't like neutral handling characteristics. I either like corner entry push or corner exit drift, or both. And at the same you know, time. No, nothing really in between is is satisfactory. You know that the straight six in this thing makes like 164 horsepower. Pretty, you know, and. and probably 220 foot-pounds of torque, wherever you want it to. And uh, has the linearity that you need on ice, 
Um, I can't really speak towards the climate control system. Uh, it's probably not really meant to deal with temperatures below, say, 95 Fahrenheit. But, uh, you know, I, I think, I think that the, the VL is a, sol- is a solid ice racer. You know, Matt- and, and there's no carburetor. It's fuel-injected, but the computer brain, it compensates for the temperature for you. So Vince's Mustang will, you know, not ice up like a World War II airplane or anything like that. That 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 was a valiant effort. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that was that was pretty good. I'm almost impressed, Vince. That was a, that was a nice try. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> so do, do you even want to try this one, Vince? Yeah, the Mustang would be fantastic for ice racing. Come on, it's um, big wide tires because you know wide tires are better for ice. Come on, I mean you know it's not that's probably not right. No. Um, and and plus they're summer tires, right? So so they're basically the the hardness of like PVC so, pipe once so, they get on so ice. Again, so again, you pretty much just like spinning and um. Yeah, it's got a somewhat working limited slip in the back um, and, you know, manual transmission. And um, it's so noisy on the inside under normal circumstances that you you can't tell if the tires are spinning. You do know that your car's not even going to start because everything's going to be frozen, right? No, it'll start. I mean, carburetors will, will compensate for temperature. It's, it's all programmed into the carburetor no. thing, logic no. thing. And no. It's not a diesel <laughs> or something. Vince. And besides, Vince. You're, hold on, Vince. hold on. Vince. Let, let's talk Vince. about pickup truck's traction. <laughs> Your car is just going to do big burnouts, not four wheel drive. It's just going to do like it is four wheel drive. It's four wheel drive. Yes. Ah, bogus. <laughs> anything else? <laughs> do I need to say anything besides four wheel drive? No, sir. <laughs> and so okay. he's got all seasons in that too. He's going to kill us. What? Who's picking these categories? Huh? I wonder who. Wait, that's, yeah. that's two for are, me. Are you Jerk. sure you're not still up in the mountains hiding from the zombies? I, I think that's what you said the original plan was. I don't think you're ice racing with us now. So, yeah. so the last category is a demolition derby. Really? <laughs> oh, dude. Ben I've goes got... first. Ben goes first. I have a truck. You guys got little girl cars. Is Air there really anything bag. more to say? So here's the thing, dude. About I'll turn my airbag truck. off. No, it's, you don't even know I'll how to turn, turn your airbag off. Okay, you are have the have the have the understanding of cars of like a six year old girl. Okay, you you're gonna play with My Little Pony and then you're gonna run into the first car you see and hey, your airbag's hey, hey, go off. Hey, hey, hey! Do not okay? talk. Dude, be careful, dude. Pinkie Pie. That's where it's at, dude. No Air Rainbow Dash. Bag, you're Pinkie done. Pie. Airbags, you're done. No, right. I'm, tur- I'm turning the airbag no, off. Matt, guys, just like, just like, just like I turned Vince missing, off. Go ahead, Matt. Matt, go missing ahead. missing something extremely important here, and that's demolition derby is all based on class. So if you've got a Ram 1500, you're going to be put in there with in a general pickup truck derby, and you will be laid to waste by $2,500 and $3,500, mm-hmm. uh, you know, $2,500 and 3500 three-quarter ton pickups. Yeah, but this is about your, our your three, this, is, this is about our three cars. And, and Vince... Yes, sir. Your Mustang is going to be in a V8 Derby, classed against you know Impalas and Fury, no, like and Lincoln Continentals, Imperials. Yeah. It's going to be ugly. You're done. So, I well, I no. stand a champ in the Bumblebee class, which accepts four and six cylinder cars. No, here's and the one thing. Of the larger no. Matt, here's the, the thing. Don't gonna, forget, there's going to be some other you're Australian in the, car no, that's going to be in the yours. states. So you're yeah. going to be classed in the Australian Derby, <laughs> Derby, which exactly. is all Mad Max vehicles. You're going to have a guy with a flaming guitar in the front of some kind of crazy thing with spikes out of it, and it's flames and guitars just going to crush you in the first minute. Why is my mic right. so hot? And then he's going to flip my car open and then let gas drain on me and light me on fire. I think I've seen this part. Yeah, so the Mustang I agree, wins, I've obviously. lost. No, so actually, so we're going to call that one a draw. I'll call that one a draw. <laughs> this is the most rigged game since the 2016 election. So, 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 the, fi- so the final <laughs> score is... Back in college, <laughs> me and my buddies used to build derby cars. Um, and I think we were like the only people who... Like we're working towards college degrees that ran demolition derbies, but 
we we had a buddy who had a um a towing lot and he would just furnish us with all these derby cars and he'd say well you know we got to lean on this one just run it and then bring me back the 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 frame and i'll scrap it and get the money and so we built probably yeah six or eight derby cars and just would run them in the state championships like all the time you know prep them over the over a weekend and then and then run them and it was was a blast i broke a few ribs but it was was freaking fun (laughs) i still win matt I, I'm all I have to say is I, I'm gonna decide if, if I accept the results of this competition when the competition's over. It's gonna be huge. I'll accept the results if I win. Yes. Right. right. And you lost. Certainly Since if I you've win, never, I will you've accept got, have the you results. ever won this game? Every single time I win it in my own head. <laughs> in spirit and in effort, I win. <laughs> Yay! Nice not, drive. It's great effort. Not when the whole media apparatus is 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 against me and and it rigged the game. Excellent. All right, we got to wrap it up. All right. Well, um, say your thank yous. You, you think so? No. You think so? Yeah. Thank you to me. Thank you to me. No, thank you're not going to get thanked. You're going to get shot with a staple gun. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's been a fantastic I, I, show. I, I, never, I never thought I'd say I miss Seaflow. Yeah. <laughs> like a hole in the head. Matt, thank you so it's much for joining us. for Seaflow's uh, news. We Thanks really, for having me, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah, well, you're a fantastic writer, and I uh, love you having you on the Daily Trismo. I love having you on the show. Um, it's a good time. Um, big thanks to Seaflow and Ashley, even though they aren't here today. Thanks to John Barker for doing our voiceovers. George Rodriguez for European Motorworks sponsorship. You've been listening and producer to ben, awesome. Radio. Keep on renting. You can follow the show on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Daily Turismo and on Twitter at Daily Turismo. Use the hashtag DT Radio. Do you ever want-